Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. I think it's live now. I am doing this on my laptop, which I've now bolstered up on lots of uh, books and things because I've seen that's the way to do it. Because I think because my desktop, I've actually turned my desktop off um, when I went on holiday and I've just turned it back on again and it's taking ages. So I'm on my laptop. So I'm, 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 I'm I think my laptop's got an integral microphone. So um, I know I know the face the instagram's on my phone so i know that's got a microphone i'm assuming the laptop does the laptop have any can you hear me on facebook slash youtube is there a microphone yes i think there's a little dotted thing going across i think it's okay i'm hoping you can hear me on facebook i'm just going to push on as if you can i'm on the uh i'm on the laptop on the laptop anyway yes on fb fifi thank you um good so there we go so here we go so uh got some questions here been off for a couple of weeks um and very very glad to be back and back in uh on the saddle as it were um and uh if you've got a question yourself feel free to post it if you haven't sit back relax uh put your seats in that upright position uh, armrest down because yeah that's right we're about to take off let's do this thing what do we got well i'll tell you what we got we got this question right here right now this is happening live in real time have oh have oh it's not showing oh, there we go so on facebook i think on youtube as well i'm not sure what goes on on youtube to be honest with you the youtube we haven't been doing much on youtube i'm fully admit that but well, here we go. Computer's starting now. Yeah, lots of news is starting now. 7.06, mate. It's supposed to start at 7. Honestly. Um, but we are looking to do more videos coming up. And they say that it's better to delete your YouTube channel and start afresh. I don't because I've got I've got like thousand or more subscribers on YouTube. Can I really throw that away and start afresh? Anyway. Um but anyway, whether or not we do that, we're going to be doing more YouTubes coming soon. Watch this space. Uh, but at the moment, uh, yeah, I think this goes on YouTube. And, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much we're putting on YouTube at the moment. Anyway, we're digressing. Come on, guys. Let's do this question, which says, do you do raised birthmark removal? So that's quite specific, isn't it? Raised birthmark removal. Well, raised is sort of irrelevant, really, whether it's raised or not. Um, so I guess the question is, do you do birthmark removal? And the, the answer is yes. Well, yes. I mean, when we have split these questions up on YouTube, I do get a lot of criticism for being vague and, and not answering the question. So I do my best to answer the question. So yes, if I can just say yes. But having said that, there's a quite a spectrum in terms of birthmarks and there are different types of birthmarks and there are particularly different sizes. So a little bit like the tattoo thing, it depends on size and location. So the thing that we would be doing to a birthmark if we were doing anything in my clinic, would be cutting it out. That would be the, the modality of treatment. It would be a 
a, a, a cutting out type treatment. Um, so it depends on the size and location. So if you have a very big birthmark, and particularly birthmarks that are around um, difficult areas like the eye, the mouth, the nose, things like that, that would need specialist treatment, uh, which is usually in ch children's hospitals. These things are often treated uh, in childhood, but sometimes in, in adults too. And then you might be looking at other modalities of treatments, things like laser, and there's other sorts of things you can do for birthmarks. In fact, birthmark treatment, if you like, is actually a specialty of its own. And there are some people who specialize in treatment of birthmarks and they treat um, particularly troublesome one. So if it's a big one, a troublesome one, then you might want to see a specialist, which would usually be a pediatric uh, plastic surgeon who would specialize in that area. Um, but if it's a small one, then it can be removed by excision uh, as long as there's enough, enough skin laxity. Um, so, yes, we do treat birthmarks in the same way that we treat moles and, and, uh, and remove tattoos and other bits of skin, but it does depend on the size and the location of the birthmark and if it is a particularly big one or if it's a child because we can't treat anyone under the age of 18. Um, it's a CQC um, uh, edict or ruling, if you like. We do have paediatric plastic surgeons and paediatric nurses and things, but it's really an edict for the clinic that we just said because of the there's quite a lot of um, things, protocols you have to put in place to treat children. And I know that, you know, a 16, 17 year old, would that still be classified as a child? Well, yes, it is in medical terms. So we cannot treat anyone less than 18. So if you if you're less than 18 or if it's a big troublesome birthmark, then you might want to seek specialist uh, advice. Um, I'm not sure who does it. I think oh, I keep on I keep on recommending Hiroshi Nishikawa at um, Children's Hospital and uh, he works at the Westbourne Centre as well. But I don't even know if he's if he's. Um, still working but if he is then he's a he's a good plastic surgeon I think he treats these things um, but yeah so I'm not sure who treats them but if it's a small one in an easy location we would treat it anyway going on a bit about that one Jay aren't you let's move on let's should we move on yeah why not um, is tummy tuck preformed oh spelling team I mean I know I'm responsible I'm the ultimate responsible for these sorts of things but I didn't, I only just noticed it preformed, performed, gloss over it, J, under twilight or general anaesthetic. Um, well, it can be performed under either. So it can be performed under twilight or general anaesthetic. I would, I, I veer more towards general anaesthetic. I'll be honest with you, I do veer more towards anaesthetic. In general terms, we are veering away um, a bit from general and doing more and more things under local and sedation or slow, or twilight anaesthetic and uh, there are many things that you can do under twilight anaesthetics but I think a lot of this is driven by the fact that some clinics some places can only do local and sedation and certainly over the lockdown there were some places we could only do local and sedation and it is a fact that you can do quite a lot under local anaesthetic and sedation and it is great um, but now the hospitals have opened up again and we're doing things in the hospitals. Um, for me personally, I would prefer to do a tummy tuck under a general anaesthetic unless the patient was very motivated um, and 
and and it can be done people are doing it under general anesthetic safely um but for me i think it's the upper end of what you can do under a local anesthetic with sedation and uh, i would be more in my comfort zone in the general anesthetic arena um but it is a bit surgeon dependent some surgeons will be you know definitely uh, general in fact i think most surgeons will be general to be honest but there are some surgeons who would be who would be more confident doing it under local insulation than me perhaps um that's the way of saying it i have done it under local insulation under twilight and it has been fine to be fair so it's not that there's a problem but it just makes a bit of an extra level of complexity to it it's a little bit more uncomfortable there's quite a lot of work being done with the, the tummy tuck and you don't really want to be um also we're compromising that in terms of just for the sake of the anesthetic so personally i'm more of a general anesthetic guy for a for a tummy tuck and sedation although in the world it is being done under twilight and it's uh, and it's certainly a possibility to be discussed um we've got something coming in on instagram live what we got natalie ali nicholas said you're the man i'll be ensuring about birth mark removal I'm guessing price ranges depend on size area. Yes. Um, crumbs. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, good old uh, Nicholas. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. It, it, price does depend on size. I mean, and again, I got a lot of stick on the, uh, I did a video on YouTube called cost of mole removal. And basically I didn't say what the cost of was and a lot of people say you didn't say, uh, so what I'll tell you what, Natalie, the thing to do, send us a photo, send us a photo, and that then it's a lot easier because if I say the price is this and then you send us then then I see you and I say the price is that and you say you you said the price was this and I'm like yeah but that I was talking about a little thing here a little tiny little thing and you got a massive great big thing and then you're going to get annoyed because I'm you're saying oh you are so it's it's better if you send us a photo we'll have a look at it we'll say look it's a goer or not because it might not be a goer and if, you know that saves everyone at least saves you the trouble of coming if it's not a goer then we might say look you might want to look at laser or some other sorts of treatment for it but if it is a goer we can give you an idea on how much it might uh, cost so that's probably the best thing um in terms of that and then we can also say what's included in the price because a lot of you know that there is a huge range of prices you can pay for this sort of stuff uh whether it be a mole removal or a uh uh, a birthmark yeah i thought i got i guess you meant inquiry um and uh and we just say look this is what we offer and this is where we're um placed in in the marketplace and you would be welcome to come and and uh and have a chat or and or send us photos and stuff like that if, you, if you're not sure uh photos usually the best thing for moles and birthmarks and things like that if you've got a lesion you want an idea of price or tattoo tattoos are classic you want an idea about price send us a photo and then we'll say yeah either it might because it might not be a goer the vast majority of particularly for tattoos the vast majority 80 maybe even more 90 percent of the photos we get sent and we get sent a lot every day we're getting photos um it's a no it's it's just like no it's a not a goer so you know that that's forget the price no there's no price because it's not a goer so is it a goer a and what sort of price it would be b then we can give you a bit more advice on that and maybe maybe multiple operations particularly for tattoos sometimes it means multiple operations and stuff like that just have my dinner it's okay um do you perform umbilicoplasty outie to innie yeah not a common op i've got to be honest um but if you want someone to do surgery to your umbilicus i guess a plastic surgeon's a guy i mean you've got to see who what sort of surgeon would do umbilicus surgery and certainly um 
you there are lots of ways of uh, fashioning an umbilicus would you believe it's a bit like anything it's a bit like um <coughs> you know you go to smith's or you go to um smith's is probably the best example but i was going to say sainsbury's and that but smith's has got a lot more magazines on i'm ahead of myself here um about magazines you know you go to the magazine section of the shop and you look at running and there's like five magazines on running and they put there every month i mean what can you say about running you know it's like how do they produce stuff every month what what is there to say about running so what i'm getting at is whatever oh hi kelsey nice to see you thank you for joining us here tonight um you know what could so the point is once you get into something there's all you realize people there's people out there who are really into it and will give you stuff about the diet of running and the shoes and the and the exercises and then i don't even know what they do on running magazines but you know whatever they talk about in running magazines and it's the same for umbilicoplasty that's how i'm bringing it back to the subject in matter umbilicoplasty what you do how you refashion an, an umbilicus whether that be after a tummy tuck or after someone who's born without a belly button so often people with exomphalos and um you know with a, with a, some people are born with a deficient abdominal wall and they don't have a tummy a belly button um so there are lots of people out there who've gone in there and studied it and actually i've written a paper on it myself since you ask um on how you do a tummy how you do the belly button after tummy tuck and when you do that sort of stuff when you write papers about things you actually do lots of research and you get into it and you 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 know get onto all the medical databases and you find there's loads of papers of other people who've written papers on how you do the how you make a belly button and what constitutes a good looking belly button etc so um yeah so so yeah if you're going to have anyone do something to your belly button i guess it'll be a plastic surgeon um it's not a common thing you'd think it'd be a common thing wouldn't you now now i'm reading it alti to winnie you think because a lot of people complain about an alti but it's not actually a common thing but if you have gotten it you know it would be possible to to try and do something to it um don't ask me for a price because i've got no idea that's another one for a photo because you've got to look at what's going on you've got to think have you got a hernia there because there might be a hernia associated with it which puts a bit of a different spin on it if there's a hernia there um but so i guess if there's a hernia that will be a general surgeon so having said it be plastic surgeon that deals with that i guess it would be a plastic surgeon or a general surgeon so um, hernias are good at i mean general surgeons are good at hernias oh that's a question actually is that to the, uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, don't talk too much about that. I've got a question later on about that. Um, but, yeah, we do do umbilicoplasty. Hope you and the team are okay. Yes, we are, Kelsey. Well, I'll speak for myself. Yeah, I am. I think they're all all right, uh, the A team. Um, now, what's this all about? Do you offer hip augmentation as one of your procedures? I don't know if anyone can help me with this. Uh, hip augmentation not entirely sure what a hip augmentate does the do people want their hips augmented is that a thing augmenting your hips um you know maybe it is i don't know but um um i'm gonna say no we don't offer hip i've never done a hip augmentation knowingly i've never augmented a hip uh one of the things about plastic surgery one of the things that's kind of attract 
did me to it because I wanted to do general surgery when I was doing my training. I always wanted to do general surgery when I was um, a junior doctor. Um, and when you're a junior doctor, you have to do different um, placements. So you have to do you have to do general surgery, orthopedic. There's a few definites. You have to do A and E, orthopedics, and general surgery. I think those are the definites, and then you can do some other things like neurosurgery or plastic surgery or cardiothoracic surgery or ENT or whatever. Um, and I just happened to do plastic surgery as one of those extras. I will have my heart set on general surgery, um, uh, bowel surgery in particular. And I just liked um, plastics from there. And then I ended up doing plastics from there. But one of the things you find about plastic surgery that is different to lots of other surgery is it is quite varied. And plastic surgeons are one of the few surgeons to operate on pretty much any part of the body. We will we will operate from head to toe, and it is your lists are quite varied, and the things you do are quite varied. When you have like if you're a cardiothoracic surgeon, you'll be doing a valve replacement, and and they and it gets so specialised. And to be fair, plastic surgery is getting pretty specialised now as well. But um, you will just be doing valve valve you know so cardiothoracics is now what cardiac and thoracic you know you don't even do both you do you're either a thoracic surgeon or a cardiac surgeon um and uh, orthopedics you'll just do like one joint you'll be shoulders or you'll be hips you'll be knees you'll just do that that all the time and they'll, they'll be quite they do the same operation all the time but uh, plastic surgery has still got a bit of variety with it there's still some things you thought of scratch your scratch your chin itchy chin and think what should i do with that so there are sometimes cases where we think oh how can we do that so um on the face of it if you said would i do i do hip augmentation i'd say no uh, but on a case-by-case -case basis if come, someone comes with a particular problem and something that there's a deficiency there or a deficit you know plastic surgery is all about um reconstructive and aesthetic surgery we are we have a background of, of, of reconstructive surgery for people who are born with congenital defects or ha who have um, uh, loss of, 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 of form or function from trauma or from cancer or from whatever. And so we're in, we, you know, we do reconstruct things. So if there was a specific problem, um, then, you know, never say never, we could have a look at it. But the way the question is phrased, do you offer hip augmentation makes it sound like it's a thing. Uh, if it is a thing, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was a thing, and uh, I'm probably not your guy <laughs> because I'm not. A, I don't know how you would all went to hip. I'm fat grafting would it be? I don't know. Um, uh, it'll probably become a big thing next month, and then I'll, this will be out there saying I don't, and then I'll try and get into it, and then there's this start thing me saying I didn't ever heard of it. But anyway, as of the 26th of July, 2022, I've not heard of it. If it becomes a big thing. And I become a world expert in it, then let's just try and delete this video. But um, as it stands, hip, hip augmentation is not in my repertoire. Um, so I'm probably not your guy. Um, don't know who would be your guy, but anyway. Um, do you do belly hernia repair? Um, as, a, as if your primary problem is a hernia, is an abdominal hernia, we wouldn't do a hernia repair would not be uh, the primary um, the primary operation. So if you've got a hernia and you want to have it treated, you would be seeing a general surgeon. A general surgeon, general surgeons basically, as I say, we operate in all parts of the body head to toe but we operate on soft tissues so we operate on skin and fat broadly speaking to put it 
could have put it sort of, you know, we, we operate on, on the soft tissues. And then other sorts of surgeons operate deeper, like in the brain or in the heart and the lungs and the bowels. And the bowel surgeon is, is a general surgeon. So general surgeons does do things with your stomach and with your, you know, intestines and things like that and your livers and, and, and what have you, your spleen. That would all be a general surgeon. And general surgeon would be someone who would repair a hernia and a hernia is a defect in the abdominal wall so when we do surgery on the abdomen we do everything superficial to the abdominal wall which is basically skin and fat we will sometimes tighten the muscles uh, which is which is doing something to the abdominal wall but if there's a particular uh, defect in the abdominal wall for whatever reason, sometimes people are born with defects, sometimes people have had surgery and have had scarring, which weakens the abdominal wall, or whatever the reason that you've got a, a specific hernia of your abdomen, then that would be treated by a general surgeon. And they have lots of techniques where they can repair it. They can either repair it directly or they can use meshes um, which will reinforce the repair. And they are the specialists in, in that in that treatment so if your particular presenting complaint is an abdominal hernia then and you came to see a plastic surgeon then if you came to see me i would refer you on to a general surgeon and say look these guys are the experts at, uh, at fixing these uh, problems now having said that we do sometimes see people with small defects and small hernias um, and usually that would be in the course of an abdominoplasty so that would be a standard situation where you have an abdominoplasty and you see a small, either a frank hernia, which is a, basically a hole in the abdominal wall, or much more commonly, just a weakness of the abdominal wall. It's not strictly a hernia. People think it's a hernia, and it's a bulge in the upper abdomen above the, above the belly button, a bulge above the belly button. So it's, it's called divarification or diastasis of the recti muscles. The recti are the, are the six-pack muscles. You have two rectus muscles, rectus abdominis muscles going either side of your belly button, and that's your six-pack. And sometimes they get a bit widened, and the, and, and the distance between them stretches a bit, and then the the, uh, the tissue between the muscles is, is a little bit weak. And so if you cough or if you lift your head up or uh, if you lift your legs up, you get a bulge because there's a weakness of the wall. It's not a hole in the wall. It's not actually a hernia people might think it's a hernia because it looks the same but you know a bulge when you cough is 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 also what a hernia looks like but this is not actually a a, a, a true hernia it's just a weakness between the the uh, muscles and a weakness in the abdominal wall causing that bulge causing that bulge and that's actually quite common and that is a routine part of an abdominoplasty to bring those muscles together to strengthen that so that you don't have that uh, distance between them and you don't have that bulge. So repairing the diverification of the rectile muscles is a routine part of a tummy tuck. And sometimes you will see a small hernia, usually around the belly button, a small hole. And I'm talking about that big, like tiny little hole um, by the belly button. And it's quite easy to put a stitch in and repair that. So on paper, that would be called a hernia repair. But in fact, it's not like a proper hernia where the, which the general surgeons would be treating, which would be a big defect in the abdominal wall where they're using meshes and all sorts of uh, bits and bobs um, to repair that. So we do um, repair hernias, as I say, usually during a tummy tuck if there's a small a little bit of a bulge or a small defect in the abdominal wall. But if there was a significant defect in the abdominal wall, a significant problem with a with a hernia. If it was a primary procedure, then I would suggest general surgery 
completely. If it was as well as a tummy tuck, so if you have a tummy, if you want a tummy tuck and you also have a um, uh, uh, have a hernia, then maybe joint procedure or talk to with the general surgeons to see about doing it together, um, that kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, again, something to be discussed at uh, consultation. Last question here. Now, um, I don't know if I if I look like I'm going quickly, um, but my daughter has ordered a too good to go. Uh, for, we've got to pick up at eight o'clock. She's got into too good to go because she's trying to save the environment and uh, my uh, out of date food. So we are not out of date, nearly out of date. So we've got that booked in. So I but but I now realise I perhaps over-egged it a bit because it's only half past seven and, and we've got to get there at eight so my last question so if you do have a question do ask it because i don't i don't want to uh anyway i'll see if i can drag this out um is it possible to have a breast lift when you have already got implants is it possible to have a breast lift when you, uh, implants are 18 years old no problems should i get them replaced due to the age um this is something which would need discussion case but a lot of this stuff it is difficult i don't know if it, it probably doesn't show because i'm so seamless doing this but it is quite difficult doing this doing what i'm doing right now i know it i make it look easy but it is actually quite difficult answering questions without the full picture you know without the basically without seeing people you know examining people as doctors we have i should have a disclaimer you know saying this is all like i based on what I'm reading that you've told me, there might be some reason that what I say is not relevant because of this or that, you know, because if you've got a different problem or if there's something else. So it is quite hard to be talking in general terms. So it, all of these things really need a discussion with the patient to say, what are your goals? What are your expectations? What are we looking, you know, how, what sort of situation your implants are in at this present time? Um, because as a rule, if you have implants in, oh, I've got a question. Um, awesome. I've got a question. Bow, Sam. I got your question. I will answer it. Yes, thank you for that. Um, broadly speaking, if you've got implants in and if you've had them in for 18 years, a lot of people say it's got to be changed every 10 years. They haven't got to be changed every 10 years. If you've got implants in for 18 years and you've got no problems with them, I, I'd say, look, that's it. Leave them alone. Don't do anything with them. Happy days. However, it is a little bit complicated if you're going to have a lift. Because then the question is, what do we, well, that is the question. What are we going to do with the implants? Are we going to change them or not? Um, hi, Bev. Good to see you. Um, so, you know, the, my feeling, if, if I had to give an opinion, which is why I'm here, I guess, you know, my opinion, is that if you're going to have surgery, I would probably suggest it wouldn't be a bad idea to change them. If they're 18 years old, there is a good chance you might, start to get problems in terms of particularly in terms of them going hard um they might be ruptured sometimes you know you can do scans for that but sometimes we just find it when you actually do surgery so you know it would be an, a bit annoying if you went through surgery and then you two or three years later then you developed some hardening of your implants it's like oh goodness me um uh, that's annoying because i had surgery two years ago for it to have a lift and i you know so I would say I would probably recommend, if you like, 
changing your implants. Now, the problem with doing that is there's an extra cost associated with it, and there's complications associated with any surgery. So there'll be complications associated with changing the implant, particularly the probably the one that we're more worried about is, is infection. So if you have an infection around the implant, you have to remove the implant. So that's a, a big potential problem. But um, And so you, we have to have a discussion around that. But I think if you've got 18-year-old implants and you are having surgery, if you're not having surgery, by all means, leave them. But if you're having surgery anyway to have a lift, it, you know, I would say it would probably be worth changing the implants at the time um, just just because there's a good chance that in the, in the next few years you might get a problem. Uh, saved from the questions, here we go. Sam, I'm nine months post-op from gastric sleeve and just £11 for my goal. What is best to have plastics? Thank you. Well, Bell, if you mind if I might call you Bell. Um, interesting this this is a uh, opens up the uh debate of like what what do i need type thing you know people who come to the to the clinic and say what what do you think what do i need what do you think breasts tummy arms legs whatever face don't do faces but you know if someone comes to the clinic and says what what, what do you think what do i need i'm like that that you don't need any, no one needs anything you know that, that you can carry on as you are so it, we're very much guided by you it you know it really does um depend on what you feel is the problem because it's very difficult for us slash me to uh tell you you need a breast lift for instance or a tummy tuck or an arm lift or a thigh lift or a face lift or whatever all the things that you might need if you've lost a lot of weight um so you, it is very much directed on what the problem is i will i see people a lot of my work is breast and i see people who want them bigger i see people who want them smaller people who want them lifted and the people who want them bigger look at other people who want them smaller and think crikey why do they want the god they're so lucky why do they want the and the people on the smaller look at the ones who've got who want them bigger and think wow they look so it's very subjective basically it is not an objective thing it is not like when you're doing cancer removal you know when you're doing cancer surgery you have a cancer you have the borders you have the histology you know what you got to do you know what sort of thing you got to do it's quite well you know your colleague everyone would agree that is the best form of treatment for it but you have a cosmetic patient patient a patient who has aesthetic issues you can show it to 10 surgeons who'd say i do this i do that i do the other at the end of the day it's up to what the patient wants you know classic examples of breast breast lifts, breast implants, breast lifts with implants. And I see people discussing this sort of stuff in the, in, the, in the plastic surgery conferences and things. And you can discuss it to a degree. You can say, uh, you know, I think this will be good or that will be good. But at the end of the day, it really is up to the patient what they want. Sometimes it's like, oh, you definitely need a lift. I'm not going to do implants on you. You definitely need a lift or you definitely don't need a lift. But often people are sort of borderline think, well, could have a lift shape would be better but look all the scars the complications maybe you could just have implants and shape wouldn't be quite as good but you'd have volume 
nipples would still be low. You know, you'd have this conversation with patients. So, you know, similarly with tummy, mini tummy tuck, full tummy tuck, fleur de lis, circumferential, all different types of tummy tucks, um, liposuction. So there's all sorts of things that can be done, but it really depends on what you want and what your goals are. You'll see some people say, oh, yeah, do a tummy tuck, do some lipo to the hips and stuff. Well, I quite like my hips. I don't want my hips done. Well, don't have lipo then. We'll leave the hips. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's what you want. I'm not going to say you need lipo to your hips if you like your hips. It's like, well, then don't have lipo to your hips. You might like your tummy. Well, don't have a tummy tuck then if you're happy with your tummy. It doesn't bother you. But my breasts really bother you. Have your breasts then. You know, so it really depends on what bothers you. It's If you say I've lost 11 pounds, what can I do? You know, do me. I'd be like, do you what? You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I would be very much, what don't you like? what oh you don't like but well then what's it about the breast is it the shape is it the size what is it you know is it both well we could do this to make the shape better the size would be the same if you want to have size better then you need this so you know it needs a discussion it's a two-way street it's a two-way street and it's very difficult um to oh when all oh, right <laughs> Right, okay, so when is, okay, so you weren't asking what, okay, right, so I'll ask a different question, okay, well, there you go, when was the question, when to have plastic surgery, right, mm. sorry about that, um, okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's embarrassing, okay, um, so when, um, well, it, it usually you want to be stable and comfortable with your weight for a period of time, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, in in the private sector than in the um, public sector because often they, they, there's, there's quite strict criteria in the um, in the in the public sector but it's not quite so strict in the private sector so I try and do it as a as a you know work with both of us but things like six months stable with your weight is a is a, is a reasonable thing you have to be true to yourself you want to get the best result possible you don't want to have significant weight fluctuations and the problem when you've lost a lot of weight is you are um, liable or, or maybe liable is not the word susceptible to potential weight fluctuations in the future so you want to have a pretty good idea that your weight's going to be stable before you undergo surgery because all the surgery that you're going to need is going to be big surgery all of it is big surgery tummy tucks thylers breast lifts whatever it's all big so you don't really want to have a big surgery if you then put on weight and particularly put on and lose weight that's the things that does it to you so if you put on weight and lose weight after surgery the skin's going to stretch you are not going to be protected just because you've been thousands and it is thousands of pounds it's very expensive surgery so you don't want to have all this expensive surgery if there is a chance that your weight is going to fluctuate post-op so i would say six months is a reasonable thing to, to aim for so first of all you have to be stable and comfortable with your weight so that's the first question have you finished losing weight are you happy where you are are you stable where you are if your answers to that's no um then really you need to get happy and stable it doesn't matter what your weight is a lot of people talk about bmi 30 which is not unreasonable to uh, to aim for a bmi 30 but it doesn't matter what your bmi is even if your bmi is 30 or 28 or 27 or 25 if you are not happy with your weight if you want to change your weight either way lose or gain or whatever get happy with your weight get comfortable and stable with your weight uh, at a place where it's sustainable for you 
uh, and comfortable for you. Ideally, below 30 is where you want to be go going for. But as I say, if it's below 30 and you still want to lose, then then do carry on losing. Uh, and then ideally, if you want it stable for six months, I think sometimes they talk about a year or two years even, I think sometimes uh, in the NHS stable, which is obviously quite a long time. Um, but it's because there is a, a high risk of of weight fluctuations when you have lost a lot of weight it is uh, a risk that you're going to go back into uh, bad ways and, and you don't really want to be doing that if you've had a tummy tap for instance or well any, any of them really because the skin is going to stretch again so stable for six months is a goal for when so to answer the when question rather than the what question which is the one i answered initially um but uh, there you go um so well, that was that was a good. I thought. Um, thank you so much. BMI is twenty nine. Amy twenty seven. Will be eight stone loss. Look at that. Well done, you. What's the secret? Well, oh, you said, didn't you? Oh, gastric sleeve. Okay, that's, it's not a secret. There you go. Everyone knows. Well, well done. Keep up the good work. Twenty nine is brilliant. But as I say, don't be let, lulled into a false sense of security when they say you've got to have a BMI below thirty doesn't matter what your BMI 29 is fantastic and fantastic result on that uh, weight loss but uh, as I say I try and get people to work with you know work together so that we both want the best result for you because if you have a tummy tuck for instance let's say a tummy tuck or a breast lift whatever it is now um, these operations are basically taking up slack skin whatever it is tummy tuck facelift arm lift lift they're all doing the same thing um, they're all taking out slack skin tightening the skin and if you have a significant weight loss 20 well, 29 to 27 is not insignificant if you have a significant weight loss after surgery there might be more slack skin which will be a bit annoying you spend thousands of pounds on your breast lift and you get them right and then you lose weight and it's like oh they drooped a bit it's a bit annoying that we should could have made it tighter if you lost the weight first uh, so so yeah you you want the best result as do we want the best result. We both want the best result. Everyone wants the best result. So yeah, keep up the good work. Six months stable uh, is where I'll be aiming for. So hope that's been helpful. I don't know about you. I've got a too good to go calling. So um, very much looking forward to some out of date slash nearly out of date food. That's my worry. So we'll follow the six months amazing talks and so informative, words of wisdom, Douglas Black, JJ for Prime Minister, who would want that job? Not me, that's faux show. Um, thank you, Douglas, very, very kind of you to put me up in the uh, leadership race, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, um, I couldn't do it. It doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to say you're wrong, isn't it? That's the problem with these, I don't know how they do it, they must be iron constitution. Um, you know, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, is that right? Constitution, you know what I mean. Um, loved it, thank you. How how long is recovery after lipo on hips? So, Amy, the beauty of lipo is that the scars are really small, so you just have tiny little stab incisions, which is fabulous because it doesn't look like you've had anything done. Tiny little stab incisions. Having said that, the actual process of liposuction is actually quite traumatic so you can be lulled into a bit of a false sense of um 
security in terms of the in terms of the post-op and you can think you've had nothing done type thing and it's going to look great straight away and it often doesn't look great straight away in fact it can look similar to how you look before slash even sometimes it looks worse than how it looked before because when you to remove the fat you get swelling so it's quite a lot of swelling quite a lot of bruising after liposuction and it's something to be uh, prepared for so um, in terms of the sort of physical recovery i would say a week you'd probably be okay in terms of how you look and you might be a bit sore but you'd be able to get back into stuff into life but in terms of the cosmetic recovery into in terms of how things look um i normally say and i say this to pretty much any operation to be honest with you it's quite easy this job just you say the same thing for every operation starts to settle about three months is where i would be on that um but you often get skin irregularities contour irregularities feels a bit firm and hard where you get sort of scarring underneath the skin you have to massage it numbness all sorts of stuff so starts about three months probably six twelve even 18 months for it to properly settle um but after a week you'd be like looking normal and feeling okay i would say um on a personal level so yeah um well i hope that's been helpful and um if you've got a question by all means drop it in and i will do my level best to tackle it hold on a minute next week next tuesday i'm having liverpool on next tuesday aren't i oh god what am i gonna do i'm gonna have to do it from the premier inn facebook live from the premier inn see you in bev see you in one week for my surgery bev i've just realized i'm doing surgery because normally i just do a morning like today and i got home but next week i'm up there overnight oh dear oh dear I don't know what I'm doing next week. I might not do it next week. I can't, I don't, I can't face doing it from the... Yeah, I can't... Bev, I, can't, I don't think I can do an all-day operating and then do the Facebook Live. I can't do that, can I? From the Premier Inn, can I do that? Oh. By Premier Inn, I mean, like, the best inn that they've got in Liverpool. Not the Premier... Not like the Premier... Not the Premier Inn, I mean the... I go to obviously the best inn that they've got in Liverpool, you know, really good inn. Um, but uh, anyway, I'll cross that bridge. May or may not be in next week in from a very good inn. Um, why not? It's easy for you to say, Bev, but I'm going to be, you know, all day in the operating and all the back. My back's going to be like that and I'm going to be like, oh. And, you know, when I get to the Premier, I just want to watch Antiques Road Trip. Seven to eight, eight to nine, then movies for men, and then that's it. Go to bed. That's it. That's my evening. That's that's my setup. Um, but anyway, don't worry about it. We'll see. We'll see about next week. Watch this space. May or may not be here. Definitely week after defo. And if not, we'll do a rollover for the questions. I think we've rolled over some questions for next week from this week, but uh, it's fine. We never have too many questions. So by all means, please ask a question if you have one. If I will see you next week, definitely Bev. Don't know about everybody else. Might see you next week, maybe the week after. Um, 7.46, got to get going. Uh, take it easy. Lovely to be back. And, uh, and yeah, great to start getting back into things again. Stop the stream. Oh. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag 
Ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.